Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Wednesday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? Oh, how are you? Are you talking to yourself? I am. <laughs> that was a rough start. It was. So everybody knows we are recording over Zoom and sound effects aren't available. And this is recording in in mono, not stereo. And all sorts of behind the scenes stuff. So I, I had to hold my phone up to get the squeal and uh, it, it's a little dicey, but we're, we're doing our best to get this show out. Uh, even though it's and a very, little late, it's very early Wednesday morning and uh, <laughs> very early. Yes. It's nine 30. <laughs> it's nine 50. So we're, we're having a little bit of a trouble, but uh, we'll get through it. There's only one more show this week and then Cheryl's back home. So um, yes, it'll be back to normal. Yeah, and I'm going to give a vacation Disney drive time shout out to Miranda, uh, who is a, a travel agent and a listener of the show. Nice. So, hi, hi, Miranda. Miranda. Thank you for listening. <laughs> All right, let's get started from the Disney Parks blog. Yes. Uh, there is a photo debuting the Joe Biden anim animatron for the Hall of Presidents. That's right. Joe is now in the Hall of Presidents and uh, he is expected to make his debut when the Hall of Presidents reopens in August. So, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of work to get a new animatronic figure set up. And uh, the, the, the sitting president really has no role in the show other than to like wave. Uh, it's not like they've recorded any, uh, you know, he doesn't give a great speech or anything like that. Right. Um, but he does have a place of prominence and uh, he's there and uh, should be reopening in a, in, a, in a short time. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Dole Whip Day uh, the other day. Which day was that? Uh, well, Dole Whip Day was Monday. Okay. And the Disney yes. Parks blog has some, uh, they celebrated? How did they celebrate? Yes. So they celebrated a whole bunch of ways. Uh, they had multiple posts on the Disney Parks blog. Uh, the first post was a link to a bunch of tropical-inspired Disney Plus clips, because we have okay. to, of course, you know, push Plug push product, um, you know, and it it highlighted movies like Lilo and Stitch and Moana and Toy Story's uh, short Hawaiian Vacation, Mickey and Minnie's Hawaiian Holiday, Teen Beach Movie, some National Geographic series, and it was just to highlight shows that have a a tropical uh, tropical influence to them. Uh, additionally, they did announce that on Dole Whip Day, uh, the Polynesian Village Resort celebrated their reopening with the debut of a new, um, uh, uh, I just had a, a, a mini stroke, a new mm. Moana-themed Dole Whip uh, that they are offering at the Polynesian Village Resort um, at the Pineapple Lanai, and it is a... Uh, Tomatoa-inspired dipped cone, Dole Whip raspberry swirled with Dole Whip orange in a white chocolate-dipped waffle cone coated with shiny gold sugar. Yeah. And that is uh, a limited-time exclusive to the Polynesian Village Resort. Um, they also uh, released the history of the Dole Whip. Um, I did not know personally that Dole Whip's history uh, with Walt Disney World started in 1976 when the Dole Packaged Foods Company um, sponsored the Enchanted Tiki Room in Disneyland Park. And then from there, it has just grown uh, and they introduced, um, you know, packaged uh, uh, pineapple. They introduced the Dole Whip in 1984 
It was originally introduced at the Aloha Isle at Walt Disney World and was originally called the Dole Pineapple Whip, uh, but the name was later shortened to just Dole Whip. Uh, in 1986, the Dole Whip arrived in Disneyland Park. Um, so uh, very, very interesting little history on the Dole Whip, who has been around for, uh, you know, 45 years with, with the Disney parks. And then, of course, uh, the last way to celebrate the uh, Dole Whip Day was by uh, pushing their merchandise. Uh, and Disney posted links to a whole bunch of tropical themed uh, merchandise that they sell um, on their shopdisney.com site. Okay. Moving to Disneyland, the Harbor Gallery, it's a quick service location in Critter Country, has reopened. That's right. Harbor Galley is a place for dockside dining at Critter Country. They call it the gallery. Uh, yeah, it's that would be where they sell the art. <laughs> Sorry. It's it's a cute little uh, dockside uh, building, like you you know, kind of dilapidated and run down. Um, but they serve uh, clam chowder, cheddar broccoli soup, and then a lobster roll and a tuna salad sandwich. All right. There's some scrim up in New Orleans Square. Um, I guess some refurbishment is going to be done. Yeah, there's some refurb going to be happening. Uh, and you know what the travesty is here? What? It is plain scrim. It is not themed Ugh. at all. Yeah, yes. It's just gray and boring. Well, that usually means, though, that it's going to be a short time that it's going to be up. One would hope. Yeah. And Carthay Circle is going to reopen on the 22nd. That's right. Carthay Circle Restaurant and Disney's California Adventure reopens tomorrow. Uh, and they have released their new menu. Uh, apparently, they had fried biscuits, which were a signature uh, item for them. Uh, those have been re replaced by warm cheddar Parker House rolls. And um, also, the firecracker duck wings are now missing from the uh, new menu. Uh -oh. So, uh, if you're a fan of Carthay Circle, uh, you can check that out beginning tomorrow. Okay. In California Adventure, they are casting actors to play Eternals characters at the Avengers campus. That's right. Disney's uh, Eternals, which is a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, um, debuts in theaters on November 5th, but they have already started casting three actors to play uh, characters. Um, online auditions are being accepted through August 7th for the roles of Kingo, Cersei, and Fastos. Um, each role, of course, has unique traits uh, related to uh, physical appearance. And uh, you can check that out on uh, Disney's careers website. All right. Yeah. And Walt Disney World rehearsals have begun this week at the Monsters Incorporated Laugh Floor. Now, this makes my heart happy because yeah. I love the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Uh, it is, of course, where visitors to Walt Disney World can help the uh, citizens of Monstropolis by generating energy through laughter. And uh, the Laugh Floor has been closed since the pandemic. So uh, rehearsals have started. It is believed to be reopening soon. And I am very happy that they will soon be making funny with the haha, <laughs> As Mike Wazowski says, uh, do you yeah. have a favorite joke? Uh, that you submit because one of the highlights of the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor is being able to submit jokes uh, via text message. The, the girls always have some. Yes. I don't know. What are some of our favorites? I don't really remember. Uh, why didn't the teddy bear eat breakfast? Oh, right. Because he was already stuffed. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Why did the whale cross the ocean? To get to the other tide. To get to the other tide. Exactly. Yeah. We've used so, a few of those. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin is closed for a quick two-day refurb. I can't imagine what they're doing in two days. Uh, they're gutting it and replacing the entire ride <laughs> system. Uh, it closed on the 20th and is expected to reopen on the 22nd. It sounds like maybe they're dusting. Yeah, it could be the shortest refurb ever. Right. In the Jungle Cruise queue, all references to the Society of Explorers and Adventurers has been removed, which is interesting because I believe they just added those. Yeah, they they had uh, all sorts of these uh, boxes and uh, items that were stamped with the Society of Adventure, uh, Society of Explorers and Adventurers, SEA, uh, logo, and they kind of made a big deal of it because the, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers is supposed to be this theme that ties uh, attractions together in multiple parks uh, across the globe. And all of a sudden they went through and removed all of the SEA references from the props. Weird. Yeah, very weird. Um, also at the Jungle Cruise, the totem poles have been removed from the crocodile scene. That's right. As part of the uh, uh, over overmaking, remaking of the ride and, uh, you know, bringing in cultural sensitivity, uh, the totem poles have been removed from the crocodile scene. So okay. uh, God forbid we uh, we offend any totems. Right. You don't want to do that. No. Uh, the after hours boobash is completely sold out for October. That's right. They they did increase capacity a few weeks ago, and uh, now they have completely sold out at those new capacity numbers. Uh, select nights do still remain in August and September. All right. The partner statue is getting uh, refurbished in time for the park's 50th anniversary. That's right. The partner statue, which is in the hub in front of the castle in Walt Disney World, um, if you've not been or need a refresher, it is a statue of uh, Walt and Mickey. Uh, holding hands uh, while the statue is being refurbished. Um, and uh, what they are doing is removing the oxidation buildup from the statue uh, where they're stripping the sculpture down to its bare metal. Once it gets down to bare metal, they clean it, they reapply patina, and then they coat the entire figure in a protective polymer and wax. Uh, now in the old days, brass statues used to have their patina um, uh, brought along naturally. Uh, but Cheryl, who works for an engineering firm and has dealt with patina on brass uh, uh, items before, or cop, brass or copper? Copper. copper. Yeah. Copper. Why, why don't you tell us why patina cannot occur naturally anymore? Well, not on copper. I'm not sure what the brass situation is, but um, the green that you would see on copper came from the acid rain. So we uh, have cleaned up our environment a little bit so you don't see naturally the green patina forming on uh, copper anymore. They have to if they want that sort of a look on a building, they have to um, treat it ahead of time. So it has to be artificial. Yep. Which is going to be very interesting because I know the uh, the dome at the Naval Academy, which was made of copper and has been in existence for 150 years, was recently replaced. And, and you know, over years that they've got that patina and it looks green, but it's actually copper. So yep. it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they actually you know, artificially create this patina to give it this weathered look, or if they leave it as a shiny copper uh, for all time. We'll see. Good. All right. Um, the Tron light cycle run, uh, you have an update about it? Yes, they have put up more netting on the exterior uh, exterior cover. So oh, it's it, we didn't miss out on that story. Yeah, it's just a safety netting before the actual roof goes on. 
All right. Let's go over to Epcot. The Epcot monorail was out of service two days after its return. Yeah, no no explanation why, uh, but it did not run all day on the 20th. Uh, and it uh, no word on whether it's uh, back up and running yet because the park doesn't open until 11, uh, which means monorail service starts an hour before, which means they just started monorail service if it's up and running about a minute ago. And uh, we have no reporters on site today. <laughs> Darn. Um, in Animal Kingdom, Timon and Pumbaa character statues have been revealed as part of the Disney Fab 50 statues uh, series. Yes, the Disney Fat 50 is completely, uh, completely different. Um, but the Fab 50 is a series of statues that are going around the, the resort to commemorate the 50th anniversary. Uh, and they mentioned the Timon and Pumbaa statues. However, it appears to be one statue consisting of both characters. So okay. I don't I don't think we cross this off as two statues, uh, but we consider Timon and Pumbaa to be one statue. Um, their character statue was revealed by Don Hahn. He is a producer from Walt Disney Animations. Um, and this uh, statue will be going into the Animal Kingdom at some point prior to the uh, October 1st, 50th anniversary. All right. Um, this story concerns me. The lions have gone missing from Kilimanjaro safaris. Don't fear. Okay, thank you. They, they have not escaped. There are many safety protocols in place to ensure that the lions do not get out. Um, the lions are merely being kept backstage in their enclosures uh, while they do some refurbishment on Pride Rock. Um, you know, the rocks are not real. There is an air conditioner set up there. So sometime the area needs maintenance. And, uh, you know, if you do not know this uh, and you've ever gone on Kilimanjaro safaris, uh, it's an interesting thing to note that the animals are actually brought in uh, every night uh, to an enclosure where they sleep. Um, if you've watched uh, the behind the scenes Animal Kingdom stuff on National Geographic's channel on Disney Plus, then you've seen uh, their pens and their holding areas. And it, it's quite the operation of them bringing animals in and out each day but uh, it, it's very cool. So uh, the, the lions are not there. Uh, there is some scrim uh, up uh, while they are doing uh, some work and there's no word on how long the lions will not be there. You probably just have to clean the poop out of the air conditioning vents. Possibly. <laughs> At Coronado Springs. Um, oh, I missed the story. I'm sorry. At the Polynesian, Trader Sam's Grog Grotto has reopened with a change in his backstory. That's right. Um, he used to be a headhunter. Uh, right. Trader Sam was part of the Jungle Cruise, but Trader mm -hmm. Sam was removed from the Jungle Cruise. Um, but Trader Sam's Grog Grotto uh, has reopened, and uh, he is no longer a headhunter salesman, but he is now a wandering explorer who has been okay. bitten by the bug for alcoholic beverages. Uh, and um, he's, he's become a bartender as he travels, and he finds all of these oh. exotic drinks. Uh, so I thought you meant he had become an alcoholic. Well, very quite, you know, possibly that could be the case as well. Um, and, uh, they've also changed the menu. The menu used to include a drink called the shrunken zombie head, uh, mm -hmm. which is now referred to as the zombie because okay. shrunken heads are culturally insensitive. Yes. Uh, but the good news is that Trader Sam's did reopen and, uh, uh, you know, there have been minimal changes. So uh, welcome back, Trader Sam. Cool. At Coronado, there is a new touchless, touchless beverage machine. 
yes, it is a, a new touchless beverage machine that they have debuted. And it is uh, essentially um, a, a uh, infrared beam. So instead of pushing a button where the button would be, there are two, uh, two nodes that stick out with a light beam between the two of them. And you put your finger between the beams. And when you put your finger between the beams, the soda comes out. Huh. So we'll, we'll see how long this lasts. Yeah. I think part of the problem is going to be people still want to touch something. Mm -hmm. So they're still going to be trying to get their dirty, grainy hands all over the non buttons. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, I guess you have the option of not touching the graininess. Right. Which is good. And Disney Cruise Line news. Is it possible that Disney Cruise Line is going to be uh, returning with cruises on August 9th? It sounds like that could be the case. Um, The Disney Dream did return from their two-day test cruise. Uh, Things went well. Uh, As a matter of fact, the status on the ship uh, from the CDC, the the cruise status uh, has been changed from crew-only simulated to just simulated. Uh, they will be doing another test cruise with the dream. They have a test cruise, the initial test cruise scheduled with the fantasy. Um, but the big news around this is Disney is the second or third cruise line to undergo the test cruising. Okay. When the other cruise line, uh, did their test cruise, they received their conditional, uh, sale order. Um, I'm sorry, their conditional sale, uh, approval, 11 days after the end of their test sailing. Well, come to find out, cruisers who are on the August 9th sailing of the dream have been able to move forward with the electronic check-in process where they are able to get their port arrival times and their boarding group numbers. So that is is a big deal because uh, no other, you know, none of the earlier cruises have had access to that online check-in. Mm-hmm. So it is believed uh, if they follow that 11 day time frame, uh, that the cruise on the ninth will, you know, will meet that, that target date. So that's, Very exciting. Uh, that's, that's good news. So a question for you, yes. they've been doing these, um, the cruises in um, the UK have started, right? The day cruises. Correct. Have we seen any sort of photos or, or reports on what they're doing as far as food or like how things are being run? I have seen a few photos, but uh, maybe I will look into that deeper and we can give some type of an update on our next show. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. Um, I think you already talked about this. The additional test cruises have been scheduled for the Dream of Fantasy. Yes. And then um, the official deck plans have been released for The Wish. Yeah, that's that's very exciting. All deck plans from deck one up to deck 15 uh, have now been released in a PDF format. And uh, very exciting to actually see the layout of the ship and where everything is. So uh, we have to start familiarizing ourselves for our July adventure on the Wish. So when we got a room, we don't really know exactly what room we got, do we? Oh, we know exactly what room we got. So then were we already able to see some of the plans? Like, how did you choose a room if you couldn't yes, see Yes, we were plans? able to choose rooms, but now it is a more detailed uh, and complete deck plan. Okay. Um, Disney is um, eyeing Port Everglades, which is near Fort Lauderdale, as a home port beginning for the 2023-2024 sailing season. That's right. Back in April, 
um, Jose Fernandez, who is the vice president of port strategy development and operations for Disney Cruise Line, uh, sent a letter to the chief and executive director of uh, Port Everglades, which is in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, started talks to possibly begin using Cruise Terminal 4 uh, for the Disney Cruise Line. So I wonder it, if that would replace Miami or if it would be in addition to, because I mean, they're, they're literally like not even a half hour drive from each other. Yeah. I think it might be in addition to um, if they go with the current port layout, um, the magic has been utilizing Miami on a seasonal basis. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering if perhaps Fort uh, Port Everglades becomes a year round uh, right. terminal because Disney is still expecting two additional ships in the Triton class to be delivered in 2023 and 2024. Okay. So I would not be surprised to see the, or maybe move the fantasy, you know, right. maybe the fantasy moves to Port Everglades and all three of the Triton class ships start cruising out of Port Canaveral. Right. So yeah. time will tell. I guess. Uh, Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings has asked businesses to require masks indoors again. Yeah, we all know that uh, when Florida went under the 14-day uh, rolling percentage of 5% uh, infection rate, that all of the mandates would be removed. Um, as of their last, uh, over the last three weeks, the infection rate has gone from 4.2. Uh, I think last week we announced it was up to 5.99. Uh, it is now up to 11.2, uh, mm -hmm. which was the highest rate since January. Until Monday, uh, when that positivity rate rose to 16%. So I would not be surprised to see a mask mandate returning to uh, Central Florida. Uh, Including the New County. World. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think we're, uh, I think we're just rehashing what we did, you know, early, early in the whole COVID season. Yep. Um, where you're just, you know, it's going to depend on like by state, it's just going to keep getting added back in. Um, hopefully we know enough um, about it now and there, the vaccine is available that we don't have the same sort of travel restrictions that we did. You know, I know in Connecticut it was like, you know, you couldn't travel to these certain states and, right. um, you know, without all this quarantine stuff. So hopefully if you're vaccinated, none of that will apply anymore. Um, but I think a lot of that stuff, if you're not vaccinated, is going to be coming back. And even if you are vaccinated, I think we're going to see a lot of um, the requirement of masks coming back. Right. All right. Um, in Universal News, construction is underway for Halloween Horror Nights. Yep. They've uh, started putting up some of their scare zone uh, uh, pieces. Um, so, you know, they are they're going to be reopening their uh, Halloween uh, Horror Nights in August. So uh, they've they've started construction. Um you know, nothing, nothing major, nothing that really ruins the uh, view, uh, but it is, you know, open construction going on uh, around the property. Right. Okay. Um, Central Florida Expressway Authority has voted to delay the Orlando to Tampa route for the Brightline Railway. Right. Brightline construction was going to take place along State Route 417. Um, but the Central Florida Expressway Authority voted to uh, voted unanimously uh, to delay the extension from Orlando to Tampa. Um, we all so know that that they are putting in an extension from Orlando International Airport to Disney Springs. Mm -hmm. uh, they've still not determined which route they're taking. 
Um, but uh, after that, it is supposed to extend out to Tampa, which will essentially give you a continuous rail service between Miami to uh, Port Canaveral to Orlando to Tampa. And uh, they're just, you know, they're facing a, a bunch of public pressure and uh, they've delighted, decided to uh, delay uh, the uh, Tampa spur. But the Orlando to Port Canaveral is still planned on going ahead, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Miami um, to Orlando, I believe, is officially halfway completed. Oh, I said Port Canaveral. Miami to Orlando. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Um, it's not good, I guess, that they canceled part of it, but, you know, as long as we're getting a piece. Right. So, all right. And then um, Disney regional hub that we talked about going into Lake Nona could bring 2000 jobs um, with an average salary of $120,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, mayor Demings was excited at this uh, opportunity. Uh, apparently they've been uh, working on putting this uh, regional campus together since 2019. Um, and uh, you know, these 2000 employees will join 60,000 other Disney employees in the central Florida area. Uh, rumor has it that um, Imagineering may be moving from California to uh, Lake Nona. So um, it is a much work-friendly environment than California. And, uh, you know, a lot of corporations are moving their headquarters out of California and Disney is just trying to pare down what is there. Yeah, I mean, I know diehard Disney fans, um, diehard Disney employees feel that it's, you know, very authentic to be in California, to be at the studios there. But as far as the cost to the company and really the cost of living and I feel like quality of life even is probably a lot better in Florida, you know, with just like the whole like traffic, the availability of housing, you know, nearby, you could, you know, you can live 10 minutes from work at a very reasonable price, which is you know, in a nice house, which is just not even close to an option if you're in Burbank. So um, I think a lot of people are probably very upset about the move, but, you know, overall, I think it's probably a good move. And I think the people who make it will be, or who are able to make it will be happy. Right. And and that move is expected to take uh, up to 18 months. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to be all 2000 coming to the area uh, right Correct. away. Uh, right. And the Lake Nona area, it does exist over by Orlando International Airport. So you will have people that work on the Walt Disney World uh, Resort property. Then they have some locations over in Celebration, uh, Florida, which is a, a town a couple, uh, a, a town or two over from the Walt Disney area resort, Walt Disney Resort area. And then you'll have Lake Nona. So Disney is kind of spreading itself out along Central Florida. Yeah, it's and it's not a bad move if you try to bring everybody to the same to like the Walt Disney World property area. You're just adding, you know, the whole traffic and all that when there's really you know, there's no reason to have to have um, your office workers coming right. you know, on property. Yep. All right. And then our very favorite of all the stories we ever have is the quarterly injury report. That's right. Uh, every quarter, uh, theme parks release their injury report to the Florida Department of Agriculture because corn farmers need to know uh, what the injuries were. That's right. Uh, no, the, the Department of Agriculture oversees fairs and festivals, and I guess theme mm -hmm. parks fall under right. uh, fairs and festivals. Okay. So between April and June, they did release their report of incidents. Uh, now, the biggest one, of course, over Memorial Day weekend was a 58-year-old man who passed out after exiting Spaceship Earth, uh, who later died at a hospital. Um, 
you know, he had some pre-existing conditions, uh, nothing really exciting. Uh, a 27 year old man had a seizure on flight of passage. Okay. Uh, it was a pre-existing condition. A 66 year old woman fell and broke her wrist, wrist getting off of the haunted mansion attraction. Okay. Uh, those moving walkways can be very tough on you sometimes. Anything for um, Peter Pan? Because uh, we've had some experiences with Peter Pan uh, we, stopping we, abruptly. We do. I'm getting to Peter Pan. Um, okay. At Blizzard Beach, a 43-year-old man broke his ankle stepping onto a tube at Team Boat Springs. All right. Uh, that could not be uh, pleasant. Um, no, and, but I could see it would happen. And then the biggest uh, injury at Universal was a 59-year-old woman had a headache after riding Hagrid's, Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure at Islands of Adventure. Wow, they included that? They included that. She must um, have now, had a really big stink about her headache. Well, the thing we've learned is that the, uh, you know, a headache could be like a subdural hematoma. You know, it's well, all in, yeah. in how, they, how they word it. Uh, so we don't know what happened there. Now, Cheryl does mention uh, Peter Pan Adventure. And uh, if you followed our trip back in May, uh, you might remember that as we were boarding, the attraction stopped very quickly. Um, Cheryl was stepping onto her ship and uh, I had already been seated, but I was thrown a little forward. Well, we thought this would be an interesting story because we have a friend who is also a travel agent that we met when we were doing our Disney Studios tour uh, back in 2019, uh, Alexandra Myers. Uh, that she was getting on Peter Pan and the ride stopped abruptly and she was thrown forward uh, into the uh, safety bar. Now, we thought that would be included in the injury report because she actually filed an injury report with Disney. Um, she is expecting baby Myers. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was some concern when she hit the safety bar that, you know, she's carrying a baby in there and you hit the safety bar, you need to get checked out. So she did file an incident report. We had been waiting because we thought that she would be included on the incident report. And then we could do an interview with her uh, to, to, you know, meet a celebrity that had been uh, injured uh, and on this report. However, come to, come to find out her injury did not actually make it into the injury report. Yeah. So that tells you something about how, uh, encompassing this injury report really is right so uh, i did talk to alexandra and uh, we lamented the fact that she was not uh, uh injury report famous um mm. but it, it might still be interesting to to have her on to just kind of chat with like what does disney do if you're injured what do they offer you know how 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 did they handle the situation was right. it was it handled well or was it kind of a you know a mishmash uh disjointed event uh, so uh, once Cheryl gets back from vacation, I, I think we will still get uh, Alexandra on to uh, to talk about that. So um, I'm right. glad you're I'm glad you were not damaged or injured, uh, and that Baby Myers uh, is uh, is uh, still progressing well inside there, and uh, we look forward to his or her arrival. So uh, that's it for this Wednesday show, and uh, until Friday, I'm Tony, and I'm Cheryl, and you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast.